the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Good morning. Beloved in Christ, Father Nicholas, Father John Stephen, Father John Summer, and Father John Finley. And all the deacons in Christ, and all the believers <coughs> gathered here this morning, this beautiful morning. First and foremost, I give thanks to God for this great accomplishment. <clears throat> to be honest with you, I didn't accept, I didn't expect such beauty like this. And I dare to say that this is the most beautiful church hall ever I have seen. <laughs> it is spacious and high ceiling. And I thank God for all those who built it, clergy and laity, and those who sacrificed everything in their life for the completion of this fellowship hall. Now it looks like a church, and we use it for, as a church for a number of, or some time, for some time. I hope the city of uh, Santa Barbara won't be delayed until they approve the building, the new building for the temple, for the church. But you know, when we enter into such a beauty room like this, we feel we have a special feeling even before the consecration and before the blessing and before anything else we feel that we are coming into some beautiful, special place. And I would say that every time you will enter into this building, you will feel that you are coming into the kingdom of God. Because it's meant to be for the kingdom of God. Now I rejoice. I, I am happy for you because you waited long enough to have your own building and no more moving from one place to another and no more headaches and just as a building. So thank God and thank all of you for what you did. Beloved in Christ, we are still <clears throat> immediately after Epiphany. 
we pray to God that the appearance or the manifestation of God in his people, in the water, in this universe, to sanctify everything in our life to stay with us. It's not one day event. We're talking about eternity. We are talking about Jesus' manifestation in our life, although some people do not get it. Today, the, the reading, the epistle reading, is so beautiful. St. Paul is telling us that there is a chance for everyone to be saved. It's not too late. It's not too late. With God, our time doesn't count whatsoever. With God, our material things are insignificant. He says, there is a time. Like, don't remember the past all the time. God has blessed our life, the past, the present, and the future. God's manifestation in our life has, has changed everything, has made everything beautiful, and has brought to all of us hope. So the most important thing, beloved in Christ, to feel his presence at home, at work, at the restaurant, even in this secular society. God's presence is something, you know, like beyond our comprehension. Sometimes a little thing while I am traveling here or there, I feel his presence more and more. When we go into the forest for a, a walk, we feel his presence. When we go to visit someone sick in the hospital, we feel his miracle. So when we meet and when we bring some joy, some happiness to someone, the time of depression, the time of anxiety, we feel how, how, how great the greatness of God is working in our life. So today, in the gospel teaching, how to use, Lord, have mercy on me. So that's why the divine liturgy, beloved in Christ, and any liturgical service, we keep saying, Lord, have mercy. We say it in this music or in that music, but the most important thing is the content, the meaning. God's mercy is working even in the 21st century and at all times.
Let me give you something, a little experience yesterday I went through. A young lady from Syria passed away with spine cancer. So I went yesterday to be with the family, and I thought I, am, I was going there just to be with the husband and the children, those who are devastated. And I saw many people, a big crowd there. Fine. The moment they saw a priest or the bishop, they started like being negative. What did she do like for this like to suffer and to, to pass away? Where is God, you know, like in this situation? Where is God in the situation of Syria and where like troubles are? And on and on and on. You know, I was quiet. You know why? Not because I didn't have an answer. But because if I don't, people like these people, and I don't know anything about their spiritual background, so what to say? Just like to say something just because I want to say something? So I listened, I listened, I listened, I listened. Finally, there is no point. Just like because they, do, they don't believe in God. They don't read the Bible. They don't practice their faith. How to convince these people and their mind, you know, like has been set, like the way it is. So today is the answer. Today is the answer, and I used it yesterday. I said, death is not a punishment of that person in particular. But death, we know, that has entered our life because of sin. So the illness started there. The cancer started there many ages ago. So the answer is today that don't ever keep insisting, thinking of, of the past and the present and the time. Let it go. We have, you know, if there is a punishment, for example, from God, God is not punitive. God is love. God is peace. God's, God is forgiveness and so forth. So when we listen to God, when we obey his teaching, when we cry from the depth of our heart, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Of course, he will answer. But if someone is negative and insisting being negative and denying the presence of God, the existence of God, so God would, would not mean anything. And God's mercy would mean nothing. So I am saying this, beloved in Christ, that the church, even beautiful building, but you are the church. You are the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, God does not dwell in cathedrals. 
God does not dwell in temples. St. John Chrysostom says, what's more important, like to put more gold in cathedrals and some miserable people still around us. Your beauty inside of you and outside of you in your life more important than the beautification of any place. But how do we beautify ourselves? Put everything in the past in the past and start again. If you have any anger, spit it out. If you have any unforgiveness, spit it out. If you have any kind of negative, let it go. Let it go. I see the beauty of this church in every one of you. By becoming repentant. By becoming repentant. By confessing the sins. We become a new nation, a new people. So while I am worshiping with you today, I rejoice with your accomplishment, as I said. But I keep praying for you and for your salvation more than anything else. Beloved in Christ, let us understand our Bible and what, what, what's in it. Let us understand, you know, what message for each one of us. The Bible is the same, but the message for each one of us is different. Some people will take it negative. Some people will take it, you know, like as a joy in their life. We pray for the sick people. We pray for the people in captivity, like the bishops and the, the nuns and, and all those who have been abducted. Those who are suffering in Syria and in the Middle East in general. He said yesterday in his remarks, that gentleman, he said, what is God? What is, uh, if, if he exists, you know, where is he? Why is not coming like to help people? But he didn't say any word about that the blame comes on us because of our unrepentance. He didn't say that because sin and unrepentance doesn't, is not important. So, beloved in Christ... I tell you, I make it very clear and very short. If there is no repentance, there is no change and there is no joy in our life. No matter how much money we have. No matter how, how many buildings like this we have. No matter how, how earthly things we have. 
still something wrong in that person. So if we like to have a new start, some, a new life, a joyful life in our life, we have to fix that thing. That is the ugliest thing in our life. That is sin. And the church is a little, one of many, many vehicles we can use in order to fix that situation. So the more sin continues, the more the unhappiness continues. I am sure today we have loved ones, all of you. You have some people in your mind, in your prayer to pray for. The divine liturgy, beloved in Christ, to include everyone in this prayer. Because there is healing for every human being. Let us say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, every day before the moment I open my eyes. Let us say, Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Do it. Send Macarius today. Send Macarius of Egypt. We have two Macariuses today. We have Macarius of Egypt, that important and famous Holy Father. And we have the other Macarius of Alexandria. So, St. Macarius, 60 years he was crying and he was in repentance. Now, for no reason, you're like someone who is eloquent more than me or uh, more, with more education than me, he claims that he is a prophet. Someone else, he claims that he can speak in tongues. The third one, he can make miracles, he can do miracles, and so forth. Sixty years it took him to have God's mercy. So the faith, beloved, in Christ is not an instant coffee. My time doesn't count, as I said, as I said in the beginning. Let it be in his hands, in God's hands. He knows when I have to heal. He knows where to send me mercy. He knows where, you know, like what kind of person I have to be. So I pray for this holy community to not to be discouraged with the time. Not to be discouraged Use God's time before we use our time. Let us seek his mercy at all times. Let us ask him, God, come and visit this holy community. And this is what we are doing for Syria and for anywhere else in this life. We pray for this nation. We pray for the president. We pray for the, 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 
the armed forces and the authorities. We pray for these people to make right decisions for us and for the nation. So if not because of our prayer and other people's prayer, this life, this 21st century would be completely a disaster. So God's mercy is not a little thing to get and we don't get it for free. And I don't mean here money or any material. So the price for his mercy is my life with God. Orthodoxy, I said it before, the past years, orthodoxy, beloved in Christ, is not one day event, is not one book we read it and we file it, is not a few pages from the Bible, but it is to give, like as he gave himself to us as a gift, we give him back our life as a gift. So this is what we call it in Christmas, we exchange gifts. He is the best gift in our life, and we give our life to him as a gift. Today, I am so blessed. I'm so happy. I am so positive to see this church is being used for more repentance and for more healing, for more young generation to be aware of their faith. This holy community is trying to lead the families and all the young generation not to be with deception by the evil one, but by, to be with hope by God. So I pray for the families, those who are courageous, those who built, those who remain steadfast all the years, those who are supporting this holy community, those who are behind the clergy, and those who are offering the faith to their children and grandchildren. I pray for all of you, and you have my respect and my love. And I welcome today all the visitors all the visitors, and I welcome our beloved nuns, and thank God for our beloved clergy. I mentioned many names, but I didn't mention Father John Braun's name. He is in our prayer at all times. He is not behind the altar, but he is a good example and has been a good example for many years. And this is not an exaggeration, Father John. Everywhere I go, and I just recently came from Pennsylvania. That's why I missed Father James King's funeral, God rest his soul. So I was in Pennsylvania, and your name was brought up many times. This is the way we build things. We build a reputation behind, you know, building this stone, we build 
a good reputation. We build a little room for every one of us in the kingdom, in the kingdom of heaven. This is our goal, beloved in Christ. Today, <clears throat> one week after his funeral, Father James King is missed in this holy community. Peggy and the family, you have my love, and you have our love and our support. Father J James King was not like an ordinary person. He was a godly priest, a godly, obedient priest to the teaching, to God, to the teaching, and to the holy tradition. He wanted all his life to be blessed by God himself. He wanted his family to be saved through the priesthood. So that's why he was a good example in the family, so the priesthood continues in the family. We miss him, was supposed to be with us this Sunday. Was supposed to rejoice having this new building. And I hope that he has seen it before he passed. Because like him, many of us and him were dreaming, were waiting, and we've been waiting long enough for the moment, like this moment to come, to see our own building. And our own building is magnificent and outstanding. So may the merciful God visit all of us. May the merciful God fill our life and our society with his mercy. May the merciful God have mercy on us, beloved on Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God.